Ladies and gentlemen, I would like to open up this episode with a little story. There was once a man. He hailed from Long Beach, California. He came to a tournament in Dallas, Texas. Won first place in the medium heavyweight division. And on his birthday, he came back and recorded an episode of the Open Guard cast. The only way he was able to do it was because he used our Open Guard cast discount code, Open Guard cast 25 for election performance, because he has the thickest, meanest, leanest, swollest body. And that's the only reason he was able to withstand the crushing punishment of Joao Gabriel's guard passes for five minutes before eventually it worked. <laughs> but that's beside the point, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. This is Open Guardcast. I am Jake Watson, your host, and I'm joined by Danny O'Donnell. And today we are with another podcaster, yet another podcaster of the Jiu-Jitsu Times, Kevin Bradley. I really pulled that together, dude. That's three hours of sleep right there, and that intro just happened. You just retroactively made me ashamed for all the, the ad reads I've done beginning my show, just because like, none of them are that good, and I feel like I want to go and apologize to our sponsors. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I do my best on that part specifically. It's kind of hard, because like, i got to come up with a new one every time, and eventually I run out of voices. You know, I'm going to have to start re- resorting to like my Nick Cage impression and my Christopher Walken impression and all those, too, you know? Oh, man. Well, I mean, like, how deep into the well do you have to go before you really start to get worried? Because that was pretty good. That almost sounded like you and McGregor-esque from, uh, from Star oh, Wars. Yeah. Oh, yeah, bit. like, yeah. These are not the droids you're looking for. Like, that kind of thing. Ooh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, oh, yes, Ben or Obi-Wan, he's me. I'm him. <laughs> you were supposed to destroy the Sith, not join him. Oh, I love you and McGregor, man. Oh, okay. So you're yeah. more Ewan McGregor, not oh, Alec I, I would Not Alec Guinness. Not Alec Guinness. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> Although yours didn't have that kind of higher pitch of like. I was going for more of an Alec Guinness. If I was going to do Alec Guinness, it'd be like, you know, like, uh, oh, yes, your father was a great star pilot. Like, that's Alec Guinness. Yeah, yeah. Now that's and, a name I haven't heard in a long, long time. Yeah, that's pretty <laughs> damn good. <laughs> and, then, uh, and then Ewan McGregor is more like. Uh, What's a what's a line? Oh, hello there, like that. You know what I mean? Where he's hello like, there. yeah, it's and downshifted a little bit. <laughs> like <laughs> that last one doesn't count. Sith Lords <laughs> are our speciality. <laughs> Do it. Oh, what a Do great it. way to open the podcast. I know, right? We're just like <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, Kevin Bradley. There are things about Kevin Bradley we want to know, not just that he obviously loves Star Wars. That is that is a, a given, right? But Kevin, uh, you know, we invited you on to get get information out of you, similar to like how a Dementor would from uh, Harry Potter three. And <laughs> sorry, but, but uh, if we can do that, then uh, I'm gonna let Danny take the wheel because uh, I'll just keep on doing Star Wars impressions if you let me have the mic for too long. <laughs> so we know Kevin uh, is an awesome like jujitsu podcast host, but uh, could you start off just talking about like how you got into jujitsu in general? Okay. Well, this is a story I've told. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me on uh, your show. Uh, I'm sorry that this, this probably means that you guys are running out of guests, but you know, <laughs> I'm happy to be at the bottom of the barrel there. You know, just with all the nuggets. Uh, I started jujitsu. My first time experiencing jujitsu because uh, I had never heard of it. I wasn't allowed to watch MMA when I was younger. I wasn't even allowed to watch professional wrestling when I was younger. Like very, very like. 
watched a lot of Veggie Tales. That was about it. Um, I was in sophomore year, sophomore or junior year of high school, and someone tried to kidnap me. So it was uh, after school ended. Uh, oh, sorry, I got two little dogs that are barking a little bit. But um, there was a kid on the football team. Uh, I'm not going to say his name. But he, someone, it was like part of a game. Someone dared him to try and like throw me in the trunk of the car and drive away, and then like shoot me with a Nerf gun. I found a lot about all of this out later. And so he came into the locker room when we were getting ready for cross country practice, and he dragged me by my feet out, like towards his car. And I was like, no one was helping me out, and I was like kicking and screaming, and I couldn't do anything. And then my coach saw it this was happening. My coach, Ed Burbridge, who was a purple belt at the time, I didn't really know that he did jiu-jitsu. He came up behind the kid, jumped on him, sunk in a rear naked choke, and like, also locked in the body triangle and just brought him to the ground and just and put him out. And uh, I remember like getting up and like kind of being shaken. I'm like, Ed, you saved me. The kid had just like stormed off and the kid and Ed grabbed me by my shoulders and said, please tell me he was 18. I can't afford a lawsuit. And <laughs> Dang. that was that was my first time experiencing jujitsu. And so after that, Ed convinced me to go to a couple classes at Soulcraft. Uh Soulcraft uh, Woodbridge, everybody, go check it out. Um, but I kind of fell out of it because it was very tough and I wasn't it, I wasn't ready for it, you know, like it was it was a little too early. But then I reconnected with Ed when I was a junior in college, when I was 19. And so the summer of my junior year in, or my sophomore year in college, I trained the whole summer I was home. Like every day, just nothing but that. And I, I haven't looked back since. So that was – it's kind of a somber note. Sorry I, I sort of brought it there. But, no. yeah, that's how, that was the first time I found out about jiu-jitsu. You know, it, it literally saved my ass. <laughs> That's yeah. really crazy. That's a cool. Yeah, uh, we've never heard a story like that. So yeah, that's, I feel I like I think it's really cool. It is really cool. I feel like we hear a lot of people, obviously, watching like early UFCs or depending on their age, maybe it was like a later UFC getting into it, but not that many people that we've talked to have like really dealt with like a real bully like that and got into jiu-jitsu because of that. Was that something that was just kind of like a one-time thing, or did you kind of like deal with a lot of, you know, assholes basically just just growing up like that? Um, it's weird because, uh, kind of the, the inverse, I was so nondescript growing up that people kind of forgot I was there. So I, I sort of coasted through most of my, uh, my youth kind of like a wallflower, not really noticed. Mm-hmm. And then like that got kind of, but I was also out of trouble for the most part. Like the, I, I never really ran into bullies. And then one day some guy's just like, Hey, I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to, assault the shit out of you and throw you <laughs> in the back of my truck well, and i was just like oh shit <laughs> well dang well i'm glad you have a good attitude about it that that kind of thing could be scarring you know well it's weird because ed did uh sorry if i'm word vomiting a little bit no but, no but ed like i still talk to him this day he's like one of my best friends he's gonna be a groomsman at my wedding and when i first did jujitsu my first lesson um, he noticed I was shaken because like a lot of the positions where I was like, I was being like on my back, I felt very uncomfortable because when I was getting attacked, that was where I was and I didn't know what to do. I was just flailing and I was just like, this is, there's nothing I can do to stop this big dude from taking me away and like 
I don't know what's going to happen. Maybe he wants to beat the crap out of me more. But he told me something that stuck with me. And it was, you will be able to do this to other people. And I, he didn't mean that like in, a, in like a dark side of the force way, like you're going to be able to shoot people with force lightning and like choke everybody out. But it's just like that thing that is mysterious to you that you don't understand, you will understand and you will have that over anyone that tries to mess with you like at any stage in life. And uh, thankfully, I haven't really had to bust it out much since just because like I, I'm I'm a scared guy i don't really want to fight anyone <laughs> yeah, i don't like fighting neither no, especially not in the streets scare way scarier when you actually are in a situation where you have to like a non-controlled violent situation you know what i mean yeah because you know anyone like i could step wrong and break my legs you know i've seen pe friends of mine have stepped the wrong way passing guard and like broken their ankles you know mm -hmm. like it's it's random and violent and you never you can never really bank on a whole lot yeah. So do you want to talk a little that. bit too about like what, cause you said you started and then you like took a, a little bit of a break before you got back into it in college. Was there just like, it, you just said it was mainly just because of how difficult it was. Like uh, it was, well, one, I was like a, it was, I was a 120 pound or like 130 pound cross country varsity cross country runner. So I was like very, I was built for one thing mm -hmm. that didn't necessarily translate complete. My cardio was great. My cardio back then was probably better than it is now, way better than it is now. <laughs> but I was, there was a lot of wear and tear for practice. I, I was, you know, doing the school play. I was getting ready for college and I, my mind really wasn't fully into it at that point. I think I was still sort of considering like that that's, like I, this isn't for me like that. My one time getting attacked in life happened and there's nothing really for me here. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I just took, a, well, also my mom was busy and she couldn't drive me all the way. Like, and you know, we didn't really have a car I could use. So uh, I didn't want, it was stressful. I didn't want to like make a big fuss about it. But then I hung out with Ed once like on Christmas break of my sophomore year and he, he was hanging out with a guy named Jeff and we all were hanging out and they were basically like, cool, but we're going to bully you until you do the jujitsu thing again. And I'm like, okay, I'll try it. And then I, that first class back, um, I was a lot better mentally. Like I was more mature and I was like physically stronger and I was more like, I was basically just more settled. Like mm -hmm. that's a weird thing because I think a lot of people get into jujitsu at around the time I did, like 19, 20, and they go, man, if I gotten into it when I was a kid, I'd be a world beater. I can guarantee that that would not have happened. I found jujitsu at like the time I was supposed to find it because when I was a kid, I was very like bad at losing. I was like, like very standoffish about competition and with how jujitsu is 90% failure at every level. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I needed to I needed to do a lot of growing before I really took to it. It's a very interesting perspective too. I, I can agree with that. Jiu-Jitsu does definitely feels like, I mean, if you think about it, winning a tournament, like that's just a part of jujitsu. That's a, that's not even a lot of people. For a lot of people, tournaments are everything in jujitsu. You know what I mean? And mm -hmm. like as being a coach, I understand that jujitsu is an everyday commitment. Like it's an everyday battle of failures and 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 victories and uh, I use a, the expression of tournament because it's kind of easy to explain. If you win the whole tournament, you have to go the whole tournament without losing. 
And the guy who got second place, he could have won five fights in a row, but he lost. So he didn't win the tournament. So that's crazy that 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 it hinges so much on that. But I think jujitsu is a really good metaphor for life in that way. You know what I mean? You have to have a lot of failures before you have your like success. You have to learn and be sharpened by your experience. I think that's one of the cool. I realized that I had a conversation with someone this weekend about that. I forget who, but they were like talking about how jujitsu changed their life, and that was one of the things they said. Yeah. So do you want to talk about then how uh, how you got back into it then? Um in college yeah so i realized like in college that people would it was actually weird because it was that conversation that really sold me on it but before then i kind of realized i needed to do something because yeah we're like at saint bonaventure a lot of the guys there's a lot of rugby players there's a lot of big burly dudes and i'm just this like like not burly dude like i don't know <laughs> if that's evident from anything about me but i am not that guy i am very weak <laughs> And um, I, I kind of realized, like, maybe I should do something. So before I before I made the jump fully back into jujitsu, I was doing research on, like, different, like, martial arts. And back then, I'm like, maybe this Aikido thing is really cool. Like, I don't know. Like, maybe there's, like, other things. Because I had no frame of reference. So I would, like, I would, every, every so often, I would, like, message Ed, like, hey, Ed, there's this, like, Tibet kind of like chi blocking thing is that a thing and he's like hey kev just shut the fuck up and, <laughs> and i'm like okay fine like i'm gonna but i kept doing it like anytime i read a, a manga with like martial arts in it i'd be like oh wait is this a real thing i can do and he'd just be like you're the dumbest guy i've ever met please just do i'm trying to help you <laughs> you're from the planet vegeta kevin can yeah like if i like like, could I like, could I train at like a gravity chamber? Are those a real thing? And he's just like, I'm not into this dumb nerd shit. Like, uh, what oddly, the hell is a gravity chamber? Oddly enough, he is the biggest Star Wars fan you'll ever meet. So like, he's he's fucking full of shit when he says that. <laughs> he's like, I'm not a nerd. He's like, yeah. Up. You have a lightsaber hanging up on your wall. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, um, then and then I ask him, where's where's Obi Wan from? And he's like, oh, Stu John, which is actually named after John Stewart, the Daily Show host. It was an homage for that George Lucas did. And I'm just like, okay, yeah, shut up. But <laughs> I got into I got into it. And I trained for three months at Soulcraft, which was with Ed and like the crew there and Jeff, who's a big six four like former rugby player, so he would just body me all the time. Um, and then I got back to college. There was nothing. There was no jujitsu around, and I got worried. But then I found out there's a sport jujitsu place nearby, and so I called them up, I'm like, "Hey, do you guys do, do Brazilian jujitsu?" And they're like, "Yeah, kinda." And I'm like, "Works for me." And then I ended up spending a few months training at a McDojo that was probably very detrimental to me, like long term, just because they would like make me unlearn stuff I learned and like give me bad information. Mm. I tapped two of their black belts on the first day, and that's like I'm not I'm not good. <laughs> <laughs> that's the biggest thing I can say is I got one of them with a straight ankle lock and the other with an arm bar, and the and. The guys, the guy guy with an armbar stopped me before I could finish it and said, "Hey, this guy's not really doing it right." And I'm like, "Okay." Well, I caught you. Okay, all right. Your arm is broken though. If any, it's weird because my my lack of self confidence actually was detrimental. Because if I had had more of a backbone, I could have realized like, "Oh, this is bad. Like, I should get out of here." <laughs> and what belt were you then? I was a white belt. I was okay, a. That's. Yeah, that's a McDojo. That is, it's bad. Yeah, no, I'll like I'll 
uh, screw it, I'll name drop them. AKT, Combatives Academy in Olean, New York. If you're at all in the area, avoid it. Those guys are bad <laughs> people. I don't give a shit. I'm sorry, but like they're, they're, it's a lot of bad stuff. One of the people that, one of their brown belts, I actually became really good friends with, and she ended up, when I decided to stop going, because I was just like, I keep beating people that I shouldn't be beating. And Ed, last time I told Ed about the circumstances, he said, if you don't quit, I will come up there and like butcher everybody there, like with my jujitsu and like, like just like make them frauds, like make them out to be frauds. I'll dojo storm. And I'm like, okay, I kind of want to see that, but I'll quit because I don't want these people to lose their business. Um, and I decided to take, I would go up. There was a, I was an hour and a half away from Buffalo where I went to school and they had some good jujitsu. I went to, I looked did some research and I decided I would go up there one weekend to see if it was worth going there all the time. Like if uh, once a weekend. So I went up there on a Saturday to Buffalo United martial arts. Like I got up at crack of dawn. They had a morning class that was like perfect for me. And I went and I trained and I got my ass kicked and I'm like, Oh, thank God. All right. This is, this is good. And, um, jujitsu. Yeah, I want to actually shout out real quick uh, Josh Ketry because after that I went up to him and it was like, hey man, like can I do a drop-in fee? Uh, like every time I come up and he's like, are you like where are you from? Like where are you driving from? I'm like I'm from Olean. I'm only gonna come in once a week. So like if I just drop in, pay the fee, like would that be cool? Because I can't afford a month. He looked at me and he's like, you you don't gotta pay anything. Just come by. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't really even afford the drop-in fee. So without that, I wouldn't have been able to like train jujitsu at all. So I just wanted to you know, say, Josh, you're the best. You know, hope you're doing well. Um, and so I trained, I, once a week I would go up there for whenever I was at college. So for three years, I would spend all my weekends every Saturday. I couldn't afford to just sleep in. I would just like get up at six in the morning and go train, <laughs> get my ass kicked, go home. And uh, one of the people from the, the McDojo actually ended up coming with me because she's like, yeah, this is bullshit. And uh, she, she, she just got her blue belt. So that's really cool. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> All right. Take one with you. Yeah. So, so, sorry. That's a little rambly. We love it. No, definitely good stories. And, and I feel like I, I want to hear what it was like for you to to get your blue belt. Because I think for a lot of people in jiu-jitsu, like they'll start at one academy. They'll, they'll be pretty lucky. It's a good academy. Maybe they're like super athletic or whatever and strong, like – Maybe one of those rugby players you were talking about, and they get their blue belt in like three months. So Jeff Nelson, Jeff like- got Jeff literally got his blue belt in like six or seven months. So like he is that guy. <laughs> yeah. So there there are quite a few people in jujitsu like that, and um, I feel like sometimes those people don't stick with it long term because they don't see the the gains that they saw in the beginning throughout their whole journey. But but what was it like for you to get to get your blue belt? Like how how difficult was it, and like what were some of the the biggest struggles to get to that point? Okay. Yeah, there was there was a lot of struggles and there was a lot of tears because I never really felt like I was getting the hang of things, you know. Mm-hmm. And I would always feel like I'd get a little bit of progress and then I'd have to step back. And I was training so infrequently for so long under so many different people. Like I was training at a, I like I was dividing my time between Soulcraft and a Tenth Planet school that was closer to my house. I was going up north to train in Buffalo. There was a place in – I, I was – sometimes I would be in Jersey visiting family. So there was this place called The Hive I would train at, which, you know, when I moved to Jersey actually became like one of my full-time schools. 
I'm like the definition of a crayonish. I would just go all, <laughs> all over the place and no one liked me. Um, <laughs> but Ed, Ed, like throughout all of this, he's been like my, my main coach, you know, and I've gotten, like, he was the one that promoted me to blue belt and I'll never forget it. Like I asked him one time mistakenly, this was like a, a, a year and change into training and I'd be like, hey, so when are we, like, how, how am I go- doing? I think I'm good enough, you know? And that was a huge, massive mistake. Don't do that. Uh, you know, don't, anyone listening, <laughs> do not do that. You're going to want to, don't do it. Because he's like, no, and don't ask me that again. You're not supposed to ask that. Like, like not in a mean way, but like, you, you'll, I'll know, and you'll know, and we'll do it then. And so, uh, like, two years, uh, in two years into training, so like a year later-ish, I am st- I am studying abroad in uh, Oxford, in England, and I, there's a Carlson Gracie school there. I'm training there, and um, I'm just like kind of like you know what? It's fine. I'm a white belt. It's cool. And I get a call from I get a call from Ed, and he says, "Hey, Kev, when do you get back?" I'm like, "Oh, the uh, August twentieth. Uh, Why? Do you want to you want to train or something?" He's like, uh, "How you feel about testing the twenty first? And I'm like, <laughs> I'm just like, oh shit, oh no. And I, I'm, I literally had fries covered in vinegar, like sitting in front of me, <laughs> with like a falafel wrap. And I'm just like, oh, I think I'm gonna throw this away. <laughs> oh no, hey, I didn't, because those were like Hassan's food truck in Oxford, amazing. You're never gonna taste anything better. Did you but just I say those. fries covered in vinegar? I know, right? They do it weird over there, and that's like, that's a life hack. Try it. What vinegar? I know. I know. How much know. vinegar? A lot. A, a lot, lot of vinegar. Yeah. You wash your clothes with vinegar sometimes, mm-hmm. and cover fries with it. <laughs> that sounds like a travesty. Yeah, it like he smell. would. He, I remember I was horrified because he opened the fry container and poured the fries in, and I'm looking at him like, oh, those are so good fries. And then without me saying anything, he takes a bunch of vinegar and just like, I'm like, whoa, 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 what are you doing? He's like, you, you want, you want chips? And I'm like. Well, okay. Geez. All right. I uh, I like like my girlfriend was with me, who's now my fiance, and I uh, I was just like, "Are you gonna eat these for me?" And she's like, "No, you eat them and trust me," because she had she had eaten them before, and so I had them. And before Ed gave me the call, every night I was pounding fries and vinegar. <laughs> it's so good. Like, <laughs> well, okay. Jake is like, my opinion of this guy just cratered. (laughs) My initial reaction was I I never thought I could be offended by food. But, man, that just sounds horrible. But for you, I'll try it. For you, I'll try it. Salt and vinegar, yeah. It's like – Salt and vinegar. Yeah, salt, pepper, vinegar. Well, they have salt and vinegar potato chips, so it shouldn't be that far off, right? It's better than that. I'm better. I'm not kidding, man. You gotta you gotta trust me on this. <laughs> Something about the starchy potato. Are you are the fries crispy or like flimsy? Oh, they gotta be crispy. That's oh, another good. thing. They gotta yeah. be crispy. Like flimsy fries, get out of here. Yeah, um, get out of here. Flimsy fries don't save lives. <laughs> so I think one thing that's pretty interesting because Jake is pretty much has the complete opposite story of you. Like he has been with his instructor for <laughs> yeah. how long, Jake? Ever uh, about eleven. This will be in 2021. It'll be eleven years. Oh damn! With the exa- with the same professor learning the everything. Same professor. Him. He went from being my, like my scary coach to my life mentor to my best friend, and now we run the school together. So we have we have an awesome relationship. I'm literally I don't think I'm closer with anybody. So, so it's like, yeah. So I feel like well, this is a, a good. 
Yeah, very di- very different from Kevin's story. So I feel like I kind of want both of you guys to answer this. So <laughs> what do you think? Because <laughs> well, I want to be, see that. To be, real quick, to be fair, Ed did save me from getting kidnapped. So I mean, like we're no, we're pretty sure. tight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, no, and it's not a bad. It's not. A, it's just different. Saved it's not like life. we're. No, yeah. <laughs> so, but but I feel like there there's kind of like a balance that a lot of um jiu-jitsu competitors not even just competitors but practitioners kind of reach where they have like their home academy but they also have friendships with people at other academies so they're kind of cross training a little bit but they're doing the vast majority of their training at one place so this question is for both of you but do you think that's the best approach and do you think like there's pros and cons to doing something more like what kevin did versus something more like what you did jake uh i'll answer first because my answer is pretty short Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I'm qualified to answer that question because I literally have only cross-trained with Andre's coach. So it's like in San Diego, I went to Hedges Lebras Academy, and that's the only place I've cross-trained, really. Except, And I also went to Gracie Humaita Philadelphia once. So I've only gone to Gracie Humaita schools to cross-train, and I've never gone anywhere else. So it's it's just different for me. I mean, I've really only trained with Andre for the past like 12 years or 11 years, sorry. And uh, – so it's it's like I don't I can't really say what works best for anybody. I think that's up to the athlete to find out, and that's up for the, to the practitioner to find out for themselves if they like to cross train. Um, I don't know. For for me, it's just I have my own kind of unique story, uh, and I think it's made me, you know, very comfortable and and successful in my opinion. So I think it's just a little bit different for me. But I would like to hear Kevin's answer too. Yeah, I, I'm gonna have to follow Mr. Watson on saying I'm I'm very not qualified. Not only have I not uh, achieved a black belt, I also haven't won any American Nationals recently. So <laughs> I I am a know nothing guy with a few stripes of uh, white tape on my belt. And <laughs> on what color's of, belt? Oh, I'm still a blue belt, man. I'm <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna live there for a minute. <laughs> well, hey, you know what's cool about about you though is like you have this ingenuity to, I mean, you run the Jiu-Jitsu Times podcast and you do a fantastic job with that. Uh, so it's like, it's funny that, you know, I think a lot of people don't do as good of a job as you on podcasting. And they're like, you know, they're like brown belts and black belts. And like, I've heard, like, I, I, I'm a huge proponent of like, I don't think a lot of the greatest podcasts are actually inherently good podcasts. I just think they're like dudes who are famous who are like, let's talk on the radio. And it's like, oh, then we love you, you know? Um, Brenda Trump. Uh, sorry, what was that? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> Brendan uh, agrees with everything Joe Rogan says, Shab. Brendan could be like, you know what, dude? I really don't think murdering kids is is very cool. And Joe would go, oh, I think it's awesome. Brendan would go, you know what it is? Awesome? 100%. <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna pretend i didn't go see brendan Chobb's live show two weeks ago oh i, I saw it a few I, years I ago didn't. i'm just i'm just kidding I <laughs> oh i thought you were getting i thought you were being serious <laughs> holy crap but i feel so bad now danny i was about to be like danny i'm gonna hide my brendan Chobb poster in the, in the background <laughs> I, I I I don't know. It's it's I'm still pretty new to the field. I, I appreciate the the thanks. I mean, it's it was a, it's funny that like, a fun thing about the Jiu-Jitsu Times that I found out was that um when I was applying for a job there, when I was reaching out to Avery Clements, shout out to the best uh, editor in the known universe, Avery. Um I found out that you have to at least be a blue belt to even work there. Like they they're just like we, we know you these guys this far and you know what you're talking about i think that that's one of the cute cool things about jiu-jitsu that 
other areas don't have. Like, you can be a sports writer. I've never really played sports, like, outside of when we were a kid. But in order to write about jiu-jitsu, like, last MMA days, I feel like MMA used to be, you got to be a real big part of the culture in order to write about it. But jiu-jitsu, it feels like it's that one of the last sports where you've got to have rank to really be able to talk about it in any way. And I always thought that was really cool. Um, to, to get back a little bit to the, the question, I think that I personally might not have kept up with jujitsu in the same way if I didn't go out and find new places, you know, with the understanding that, you know, Ed is my coach and I'm always going to go back to him and like talk to him. He's one of my last brothers, you know, he's my family to me. Um, like when my brother was getting ready for the Marine Corps, me and Ed, because he's known both of us since we were kids, he, we trained him for a few weeks in like real basic jujitsu to help him get ready for the combatant academy. Like that's how much he, he values us. But he's always been fine with letting us go other places, you know. But and I always treated jujitsu as as a, a self improvement tool and a way for me to meet people, which I had had a lot of difficulty with before jujitsu. You know, I, I had clicks and little friends I would make, but not real deep friendships in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And now, when I look at the people I'm asking to be like my bet, my groomsmen, and like the people I'm having to my wedding, uh, all all jujitsu people, like it's my brother, my best friend, and then all jujitsu. Kevin, you're my closest groomsman. <laughs> like, like you repeat that. You kind of cut out the part about. Oh, I'm sorry. I just like like for for example the the. Beautiful hunk of man I run the Jiu-Jitsu Times podcast with, Kevin Gallagher. He's one of my groomsmen, like a bunch of black belts and belts. And, and it's like I, the way I interact and talk to people in Jiu-Jitsu is so much bigger than any other thing I've ever been into in life. And I, th- I love the fact that I can go to other places and meet new people and, and experience different styles of Jiu-Jitsu outside of my gym. So I don't know about going and leaving gyms for practice, like in like learning from different places. Like I, I'm not equipped enough to say that, but I will say that experiencing different environments through going to new gyms and meeting new people and getting different philosophies like thrown at you is invaluable. Because like I've made friends all over the country now with jujitsu and it's like, if I was stationary and if I had that old school mentality of this is where I got to be, this is my gym, and this is like live or die, this team, I don't know if those connections would have been made as well. And like, I think I would have had less fun at jujitsu. You know, that's, that's my two cents on it. Yeah, that makes sense. I feel like for Jake, um, I don't know, Jake, this is just from an outsider's perspective, but I feel like the jujitsu community here in Arizona is pretty tight knit. So I felt like even though you were training at, Andres the whole time you were able to make a lot of different connections just by competing so much locally and traveling to compete would you agree with that yeah I feel like uh well I've also made an effort to you know I I think yeah, that that's um yeah. I think I I really enjoy making friends and I think I noticed uh uh this last weekend I think people some people like they kind of give me weird looks because I'm always like you know talking to everybody I meet I like to try to make as many friends as possible um, because I, th- I feel like one day when this is all said and done and I'm not competing anymore and I'm doing whatever with my life that revolves around jujitsu, whether it's coaching or commentating the UFC or whatever the case may be, uh, we'll still have the open guard cast. We'll be on episode like 500, but, um, 5,000, 
shoot dude yeah like like freaking 1000 but uh uh which three i will get into movie. Too. dude t- three seasons in a movie baby but, uh, i feel like once that's all said and done i would rather be like great friends with all these people that i competed against so that i can have the connections to hopefully do something bigger instead of being that guy who competed and never made an effort to get to know these people and never made an effort to like you know be invested in their well-being that's what I I don't think it's wrong to say that I want to be a you know a forthcoming and and like you know god-minded person on the community like I want to I want to spread the gospel through what I do and I think part of that is like you know being able to be friends with Ronaldo and be friends with Juan Gabriel and like eventually if they said hey come train out here I'd be like ah Maybe, you know what I mean? I'd, that'd be cool if one day that could happen. But most of all, like, hey, thank you so much for everything you did. And then I think that not a lot of people do that. So I get weird looks when, I, when I'm like, hey, how are you? And they're like, you know, black belt competitor from heavyweight. And they're like, this guy's going to be in the open later. And I'm like, how are this you? What's your name? Yeah, he's like, oh, and Andre Portofino. And I'm like, oh, so nice to meet you, man. I, I think I've heard of you. Like, it's good to meet you. Here, what's your Instagram? I'll follow you. And then, like, people aren't used to that, I don't think. I want to try to break down those boundaries. So I think that happened a lot in the Arizona community because I went from being a kid to being an adult. Like I was like 12 competing in Arizona and now I'm 23. So going all that time, I've tried to make as many friends as possible. Like Danny and I were have uh, – you wouldn't believe this, Kevin. Wait, how old are you, Kevin? I'm. It's shocking to me that you're 24. <laughs> you're 23? I'm 24. You're 24? You are Sorry, Kevin, out. you're breaking up a little bit. You're cutting out just a little bit, my guy. Okay, um, hang on one second. Okay. Uh, is that better? Uh, yeah, I think so. Seems like it. Yeah, sorry about that. Yeah, I'm I'm 24. 24. Oh, okay. God, I hate both of you guys. Why? He's 31 years old. He's 31? I, th- I would have sworn he was 22. Dude, right? <laughs> Everybody, ha- you look that. so young. Yeah, yeah it's because I, I can't grow facial hair. Oh, oh boo-hoo. You're going to look young forever, and I'm losing my hair over here. Man, Danny, you suck. Oh, man. <laughs> the funniest thing uh, is that your face is frozen right now, too, on your video, so we can't, we can't see anything but this. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Um, dude, yeah. that's Danny and I, uh, we yeah, started this podcast in January, but what did you say, Danny? I'm old. I'm really old. You're kind of old. It's all right. But you're experienced. You're mature. I, I yeah. bet every dollar I have that I have more gray hairs than you, though. And that pisses me off that I'd win that I bet. I just won the bet. Because you're, you're engaged, man. <laughs> How's that going, by the way? How's everything with your fiance? Oh, um, well, she's going to be, she's getting a doctorate. So I'm marrying up and settling, which is great. You know, I'm fine with that. Uh, we just uh, moved to a new place in Buffalo and we got two little dogs. So. Like pretty happy right now. It's <laughs> awesome, man. Happy for you. I appreciate it, man. Uh, it's uh, it's he's very tolerant of jujitsu. She's very accepting. Like she goes to tournaments that I do, and she's a fixture in the gyms that I go to. Like everyone loves her more than me, so it's fun. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That's hilarious. Yeah, she not train like, herself? Uh, no, she's tried. It's just not her thing. I respect the fact that she tried. You know, because it is a weird thing. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, no, definitely explaining like, you know, it's like folding, you know, it's like folding clothes with people in them. People in yeah. <laughs> it's struggle cuddling. It's ground karate. Yeah. It's yeah. forced uh, yoga. 
It's it's going on Facebook and saying I am a lion shark in a garden and no one knows how to swim. <laughs> it's saying it's saying os after every sentence. Exactly. It's having a shock a tattooed on your forehead, just so it can <laughs> always be like hang loose brother. <laughs> I can't I don't have any more. I don't have any more it's, jokes. It's, it's, it's treating acai like Popeye tree spinach. <laughs> it's going to Subway and ordering an Ashigarami sandwich. Oh God! It's butchering every. It's butchering two different languages at the same time. It's making fun of the Nicolas Cage Jiu-Jitsu movie. Uh, you know what's crazy though is that there was a, apparently, apparently I haven't seen the movie, but there is good Jiu-Jitsu in it reportedly. Like there's some oh, no good way. takedowns. Yeah, I don't. I I I have to see it to believe it. But man, you know I saw this film that was on Instagram. Kid Dale reposted it. Um, but oh, was it uh, Born a Champion? I do, yes. That was yeah, sick. Yeah, Sean, Sean, Sean Patrick Flannery. Um, yes. He's, uh, yeah, we've been talking with him about it. Uh, he's he's uh, set to come on the show at some point in the near future to sort of give us the skinny. But uh, I knew it was going to be legit the moment when, in order to set up how strong this guy was that he just beat, they just go, he just won Brazilian Nationals. And I'm like, I love that no one will give a shit about that except for like a handful of people. Yeah, right. In, in the, in the <laughs> world's did. point of view. Yeah, they'll just That's go, awesome. okay. <laughs> and then we notice like the jiu-jitsu brand of gi he wears and like the fact that the blue oh, belt yeah. has a bar on it. We're like, dude, this is a jiu-jitsu movie. Like this is totally a jiu-jitsu movie. I got I to gotta ask, have you guys ever seen the movie The Art of Self-Defense? No. Uh, it's uh, okay. So it, it stars the guy who was in the Social Network. I forget his name. Jesse Eisenberg. Um, yeah, whoever plays Eisenberg or Jesse Eisenberg. Yeah, that's him. Uh, it's, I got I got <laughs> Mark Zuckerberg, Mark Zuckerberg. confused with yeah. Jesse Eisenberg. Uh, so Jesse Zuckerberg. So the, Jesse Zuckerberg, the, the amalgamation. <laughs> uh, so we uh, I got interviewed the director Riley Stearns, who I didn't know this, but he was a uh, before I interviewed him, but I found out that he's a purple belt out in California, and uh, he's he plays silver at Worlds, like Nogi Worlds. He's like super legit, and he told me like, you know, there's, this was a movie about martial arts. I would have made a jujitsu movie, but it's not super marketable. It's gonna be a jujitsu movie. And I'm like, okay. I find out he's taking the show on the road to different film festivals, and one of them is literally a mile away from my house uh, when I was living in Cal in a New Jersey. And so me and a few other guys go get in the car and we go to see it. We let him know that we're going to see it. And he's like, Oh, awesome. I'll come hang out with you guys afterwards. And we're like watching the movie and we're like, yeah, this is a good movie. And then someone's explaining how to do a rear naked choke. And I'm like, Oh, that's the jujitsu. Okay. You know, like that's a, a good amount of jujitsu. I'm happy. And then in a fight scene, 20 minutes later, this girl does Barambolo. And everyone I brought with every, me and everyone we brought just starts freaking the fuck out. And it's it's everyone there is a film critic. None of them are jujitsu people. Like <laughs> we got three, a bunch of maniacs freaking out and then being told to quiet down. And so we were just, like, dude, did you see that? I know we saw it, dude. And um, afterwards, he came and found us immediately, and he says, "I know who you guys are." <laughs> They're the jiu awesome. people. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's like, yeah, I, I, could, I knew who you guys were. But we also, one of the guys there was Jeff, and he's a 6'4 Adonis. So he's like, yep, probably a jiu-jitsu guy. And I think we all had, like, show your role or, like, half sumo gear on. So <laughs> that that helped. I like half sumo. I like half sumo. Yeah. Is a sick brand. 
Yeah. Oh, by the way, shout out to my buddy has a, I don't know if you can see it, but he has a clothing brand called Makoto and I'm trying to rock some of their stuff every now and then. Your uh, video's frozen, but we can see the Makoto logo on your, on your, okay, yeah, if, yeah. swipe up for more. <laughs> yeah. We'll definitely include it in uh when we post this, uh, this episode will include it. If you guys, if you just remind us, then we will totally include it in our uh, description of this. I appreciate Instagram. it. Yeah. So, hey, Jake, Jake, I had a real quick, uh, like Bible question I wanted to throw at you and okay. I'm genuine. I'm not trying to be a jerk about this. Cause I, you know, I am a Catholic and I, you know, went to, I got confirmed, uh, did all the nine yards, but okay. in the book of Genesis, when Jacob is wrestling with an angel as yeah. a professional grappler, how do you think that, what do you think the game plan of an angel would be? Like, <laughs> is it, is it pulling guard? Is it Jacob also the, said the he wrestled with God that day. And he he oh, he named that place after pinned. wrestling with God. I'm sorry, dude, but God was taking it easy. Oh yeah, <laughs> bro, are you kidding? <laughs> you think God couldn't have just literally flicked him in the forehead and made him pin himself? Like pff, we're sitting, we're talking about God versus a guy. You know what I mean? I, I know, but like I feel like he would have like maybe like I I don't know. I'm just saying. I mean, like, to even challenge God, you have to be decent. Yeah, you see, you got to have a pretty good top game, you know? Listen, dude, like, I don't care if Marcus Bouchesha, I don't care if Marcus Bouchesha, Leandro Lowe, Andre Gonfalon, <laughs> Gordon Ryan put their skills together, God would smack that dude in a heartbeat, right? Gordon Ryan. And you know what's funny? Gordon Ryan. I, read, I read that exact story yesterday. It's really, really? funny. Really? I read that yesterday wow. before, uh, before I competed. I uh, actually, sorry, two days ago because technically I competed, but it was, it was two days ago I actually read the story of Jacob wrestling um, with uh, with God. It's cool, man. <laughs> it's funny because in Sunday school, it was one of the first things I got uh, in trouble for uh, in my local diocese was that I heard that story in class and I got mad. I'm just like, that's not fair. Like, God just can't <laughs> wrestle a guy. Like, he's going to win. Like, that's not cool. <laughs> Well, it's kind of amazing the the you know the knowledge that it served Jacob because he realized like it it was a transformative thing. He went from Jacob to Israel, you know, like he came out of it a better person, which is a, a pretty good uh, way to describe grappling as a whole. Like it's a, a blast furnace that you know if you if you weather the storm and you don't have too much of an ego, you can come out of it a better person. I think it's cool that God did a lot of like very literal things in the Old Testament that turned out to be very. Like, like for them, the people that they that experienced God in that way back in the Old Testament, they, uh, you know, they're literal for those people. They actually experience that thing, and then for us, it's lessons we can learn from those experiences. It's just a history thing, you know, which is really, really cool. Yeah. So I, I, uh, I always uh, faith is a muscle I get to exercise too much in my social circles. So I was kind of taking the opportunity today to flex it a little bit, and I always love having these conversations. Uh, oh, me too, man. I am. I. I that's why I spend so much time spreading the gospel is so I can have these conversations. I had a conversation with a man yesterday who's a Bellator fighter. I forget his name, and it's probably better that I don't say his name anyway because it was a long conversation about, you know, faith and <clears throat> how he doesn't believe. And uh, I was like – and I asked him some questions, and he was answering these questions like a Christian would, basically saying like, yeah, I believe in that and that and that and that. I'm like, all right, cool. It just kind of sounds to me like you don't want to say you believe in God, but you believe in everything around God. <laughs> you believe everything God does. You believe everything God doesn't do, but you don't believe in him. It's like, you see how that kind of works? And he's like, well, yeah, it's just confusing. I'm like, well, it is confusing. <laughs> of course it is. I'm not Are you saying trying to stump to be- me. Yeah, I'm not. Of course it's confusing. No, you, 
you can't tell me that, you know, not every Christian has the answers. If they say they do, they're lying. We're not supposed to have the answers. So I don't know. It's kind of, I love having the faith conversations too, bro. It's, it's really, it's really fun for me. He's the unmoved mover, homie. You know, that's that's the great mystery of it all. I know. It's awesome. And you wrote that article one time on the uh about when I was in third coast, you said uh what was it? Fellow handsome Christian podcast with Jake Watson. <laughs> I was like, yeah. It's a, it's a niche it's a niche market that you and I have cornered, bud. We have that and, uh, monopolized. If the we, handsome if Christian we, podcasters just me, Danny, and if you. We apostle, if we apostle, yeah, I was like, if we apostleize hard enough, we could grow it. But let's, oh, yeah. oh yeah, but yeah, no, I. So, do you mind me asking how you guys ended up starting this show? Just because uh, my path to podcasting was mainly, I went to Kit and um, I said, "Hey, Kit, we don't have a podcast. Would you mind if we started one?" And he's like, "Yeah, sure, why not?" Because we had had a few people come and try and do shows and they never really lasted long. So he's like, if you get to 10 episodes, I'll consider it a win. And I'm like, okay. And he's like, by the way, I want you to do it with this other guy named Kevin. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like we, there's two Kevins that work here. (laughs) And he's like, yeah, his name's Kevin Gallagher. And I'm like, okay. And I do research. I'm like, holy shit, this guy's won three IBJJF master champions, chips back to back. Why, why is he doing this? And so we recorded our first episode, and then we realized we didn't hit record. So that was two hours of footage that will never materialize. <laughs> <laughs> the bane. That's the first thing that's got to happen is you got to lose footage. Podcast, um, And then we, we just started clicking, and you know we became really good friends. I, could, I firmly believe I couldn't do the show without him. And that, like, now we're c- coming in on 80 episodes. So that's it's been a it's been a crazy year, but how how did you guys end up starting your show? Danny, I'm gonna let you take this one. Yeah, so I talked about how the Arizona Jiu-Jitsu community is like pretty tight, and there's like what like four or five tournaments a year where uh, me and Jake would see each other like all the time because Jake was competing in all the tournaments, I was competing in all of them for the most part, and yeah, so I just met Jake. I think it was like 20. 15 or something he was a purple belt and we would just kind of talk at the tournaments and always like had these conversations about like the competitors we wanted to watch and you know we were just like you could tell we were both like really obsessed with jiu-jitsu um so at one point we talked about starting a website and then i was really getting into podcasts i was listening to like i still do listen tons of different podcasts and i was like you know i feel like there's this like missing piece in jiu-jitsu podcasts with like up-and-coming competitors and that was like something i really wanted to like kind of shine a light on like get people coming up in jiu-jitsu who are really like putting all their energy into it and all their effort into it and like wanted to make jiu-jitsu a career and i felt like there were some interviews and some podcasts um related to that but i just felt like there were a lot of people that i wanted to hear from that i hadn't seen on podcasts yet so jake and i just kind of talked about it and then what was it maybe like about a year ago we met up and just I just pitched him the idea. I was like, hey, let's start a podcast. I know you know a lot of people in jiu-jitsu. I know a lot of people in jiu-jitsu. I feel like we could make a good one. And um, yeah, it just kind of started like that. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much the whole the whole shebang there. We, uh, you know, I was, I've always been very interested in media as well. I know Danny has too. Yeah. I, was, uh, I took a high school um, video production course. And when I did that, I learned a lot about podcasting, a lot about voice recording. I've always been really into voice acting and, and like acting in general. 
And uh, I really wanted to extend my reach too, but I needed like, you know, I needed like an inspiration for it. And Danny, when we came together, we were like, hey, let's make a podcast, but what's the name? So I came up with a bunch of names. And then I I, uh, I told him, I was like, oh, this name, this name, Open Guard Cast. And he was like, hey, I like that. The Open Guard, I really like the Open Guard Cast. <laughs> and I was like, all right, well, that's it then. And then we just, we, honestly, what's funny is we had an idea, but it's not like something we mapped out. We just kind of started. Like, I remember Danny was like, all right, cool, let's do the first episode today. And I was like, <laughs> you got it, let's do it. We did the first episode going over like a fight to win that happened with Marcio Andre versus Ben Henderson. And then we did another one, and then we had our first guest was John Combs on the third episode. Dang. And then, dude, I think I, after we had John, we had uh, just like – we just took off because we were like, all right, that was an interview. Like we just interviewed a guy on a podcast. Yeah, we can do it. <laughs> and then I think the big like moment where we kind of realized, wow, like we could actually do this is when we interviewed Galvão. Like we were both very nervous to interview Galvão. We actually had to schedule Galvão, and now we schedule everybody. Because we're like, okay, we might as well schedule everybody. We're not just going to, you know, we might as well get a Google calendar, you know. So we've slowly put the pieces together to get more professional with this thing. And, uh, you know, like the next steps are obviously like, you know, like podcast stuff. Like, you know, better mics, uh, studio, like stuff like that, you know. But uh, having Galvao on because we actually scheduled him for 7 a.m. on a Thursday. That was episode 46. It took us like 46 episodes to realize we probably should set up Google schedule, uh, a Google schedule sheet. <laughs> But dude, like, man, it's been a, it has been a pleasure. And dude, like I'm doing a podcast on my birthday. Like pff, there's no way I wouldn't, you know what I mean? Uh, Danny, I only wanted to do this, not 6 PM because I have something to do today at 6 PM, but it was like, just like thinking back on this whole year, I have, I have, uh, had some of the funniest jujitsu experiences on this platform in this podcast. Like dude, interviewing Andrew Wiltsey, uh, is was just like so funny. Like I, I remember being like enthralled by this human being, and um, there were some moments like interviewing Galvan was really cool, and having this podcast on my birthday is gonna be a moment I remember. So it's, I think, uh, I forgot where I was going. I was, I started rambling. You see that? I started <laughs> rambling about how much I love this podcast. The question was, how did we start? That's how we started. Uh, Danny and I have known each other for a while, but and I, I actually forgot one one part of it because I think. The way we actually met was because I was writing for the Arizona Jiu-Jitsu uh, Federation, their website. I was doing like interviews with a bunch of the athletes and stuff, and I remember writing like uh, a recap of one of the tournaments, and Jake got double gold. So I was like tagging him in the post and posting it on Facebook, and I just remember him like replying to it and commenting on it, and that was like kind of what that yeah, was like. And then I saw uh, him at the yeah. tournament. And then yeah, I would exactly. go up to him at tournaments and call him like a handsome bastard or something like that. <laughs> Eventually, we became friends more and more. I think you called we met, me at, we met at a coffee bastard. rush. We met at a coffee rush to discuss this whole thing. He had his laptop open with so much crap on it, like 50 <laughs> tabs open of podcast stuff. I'm like, bro, I came up with a blank notebook. And I'm like, I don't have the – I'm not qualified. To, am I, is this going to be the dynamic of the podcast? And it's been that dynamic of me being like – I joke. It's like me see, me eat, right? But uh, – it's kind of like I'm just like the the competitor. It's the competitor and the and the freaking like competitor slash journalist slash interviewer. You know, like I'm just like I feel like I'm freaking Brendan Schaub and he's Joe Rogan. <laughs> oh boy, hey don't hey. Hopefully none of us are Brendan Schaub right now. Like, <laughs> come on. <laughs> I apologize. I shouldn't have said that. If you if you rolled the cyborg, you wouldn't stall out the entire time. <laughs> you roll a cyborg? 
He yeah, fought him in a metamorphosis. Yes. Ew, really? Ever, ever stalled in the, There's a name just, for it. Yeah, he stalled him the whole time, and he's like, that was the game plan. And everyone's like, okay, yeah. <laughs> okay, that's disgusting. <laughs> he just kept bopping him on the head, too. It was funny. <laughs> that's not respectable performance. I just want to have a fun episode of like breakdown. Go and go and watch that one. It's a fun. It's a dude. <laughs> All right. Oh, speaking of breakdowns, we need to do another episode of zooming in, Danny. Oh, you know, it'd be fun if we invited Mr. Kevin Bradley for an episode, <laughs> a special episode of zooming in on the Open Guard Cast, going over something. Let's do it next weekend. We can look at Jake's American Nationals matches. Hell yeah. I want to look at my Josh McKinney. I love Josh McKinney, by the way. Shout out to Josh McKinney of I Suck at Jiu Jitsu Show. But, oh, yeah. Uh, I think him how, and I can how both crazy agree. was it that two big podcasters ended up in the final? Dude, I know. How is it that two So we've pod- been on his podcast, and he's been on ours, too. We we have we've we've got a big docket and he is definitely gonna be we're gonna try and get him for an episode of the JJT podcast because we we love his stuff over there. This is a great weekend for jujitsu podcasters. Uh, well, it's funny. I wanted to. I, I'd be remiss if I didn't bring something up to you guys. It's gonna take this into a little bit of beef territory, and I don't know if we're if we're cool enough to go there yet. But we're cool. we were Let's go. Kevin Gallagher and I on a past episode of the podcast, we were kicking around the idea with him of. Hey, that you know, like you know, there's us. There's the Open Guard Cast. There's uh, you know, Keenan's got a podcast. There's the Grappling Hearts podcast. Um, there's a bunch of uh, I suck at jujitsu. You know, there's a lot of we all compete. Like, have you ever thought about like putting us all in a tournament? And he's just immediately like, yes, tag team tournaments, jujitsu death match, jujitsu podcast death matches. And I'm just like, <laughs> me versus Kevin Bradley, Jake versus Kevin Gallagher. Okay, no, hypothetically, no, but the thing is, if we did it, I would, it would have to be a tag team, and I maintain the option of never tagging out Kev G, because uh, <laughs> you know, there's no way I'm going to do a better job than him. <laughs> you know, <clears throat> as of think, right Jake? now, I am the baddest podcaster in jiu-jitsu. As of right now, I am uh, I am the baddest podcaster the highest in jiu-jitsu. Doesn't, no, that's, <laughs> doesn't... Really quick, doesn't Keenan technically still have a podcast? I know it's basically mainly Hinger. Is he right still now, on but... episode thirty-eight? Oh, damn true. right he is. <laughs> My dude is a part-time podcaster. I do not take breaks. When Danny says an episode, I put on my big boy pants and I do the freaking episode. All right, <laughs> that's how it works. I just shine the open guard cast symbol in the night. Jake yeah, and I go, it's time for a podcast. And I get on my Batmobile, my Chatmobile, I call it, and I and I get to my computer desk. I put on my headphones and my my glasses that I don't need for eyesight. It's just so that I don't get blinded by the blue ray lights of my style screen. points. These are style points. I've been told they make me marginally more attractive. And and I get on the freaking podcast. I don't go, eh, you know. Episode 38 after three years of having a podcast. No, no, no. We're not even a year into this. This is episode 62, Kevin Bradley. I want to have 100 before the middle of 2021. And it's that's going to be easy peasy, lemon squeezy, my guy. So don't don't come at me telling me that I'm a freaking part-time podcaster. I'm the baddest. I'm the baddest podcaster. I was, I was saying, I was saying that, Kevin. I was saying, like, he's still on that, the open mat podcast or like the what he the keen to start a podcast with josh hinger right? the matt like, burn podcast the matt burn podcast i was like wondering i figured it was mainly josh because i hadn't seen keen on an episode in a while 
and I guess if we're being technical, technically, like Joe Rogan's probably a jujitsu podcaster in a in a certain sense of the word. Listen, could I beat up Joe Rogan? Hmm. <laughs> I think you, I think I think you could take him. I think if you get past that spinning back kick, I would hope so. If he's spinning back kick you, he's gonna break all the ribs in your body. Like that's just what's gonna happen. Spinning back kick by Joe Rogan, though. I will. I want a jujitsu match. If I do a jujitsu match with Joe Rogan, I would hope that I win. No, I want to it's, see an MMA fight. It's funny how little footage there is of rolling, like of him rolling there are out there. Like you'd think he'd have a bunch of like rubber guard videos and like there's that video of him and TJ Dillashaw doing like the Darce choke. But other than that, there's not a whole lot. There's all the clips of Eddie Bravo calling him a gorilla. <laughs> there's also that clip of of when Donaher went on his show. He's just like a tenth saying like, oh, so, like, so you're a tenth planet of black belt. <laughs> That was so funny. I gotta see that. The most clip. condescending comment. Yeah, he's just time. like, "What is jujitsu? I don't know. You tell me." Oh, so you're a tenth planet of black belt, huh? Like, really showing up. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Damn, Donaher coming after it. <laughs> I would love to uh, go on Joe Rogan's podcast one day, though. I know that it's like I talk, I I talk like you know that Joe Rogan's funny. You know what I mean? He says a lot of weird stuff. But I would love to go on his podcast. I feel like I would just talk about Jesus, though, and he'd be like, well, I don't believe in that. And I'd be like, well, yeah. He's <laughs> 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 like, this conversation's over. Ten minutes <laughs> like, damn, that was a five-minute Joe Rogan podcast. That's crazy. That was a real – that was so good. Kevin, oh, what would man. you talk about if you got on Joe Rogan's podcast? What would I talk about? I'd uh, – I'd – um. Hmm. Well, I'd probably ask him, oh, man, what would I do? What would I talk to Joe Rogan about? I'd probably ask him, like, hey, man, could I, like, do you have, like, kettlebells for guests? Like, could I just grab a few <laughs> after I come out of here? I'd say, like, yeah, you're right, 100% weed. Yeah, DMT, great. But, like, can I, like, do you have swag bags? You know, like, is there a just take? He's like, those are for after the show. No one's ever actually asked about them on it. Yeah, like, do you have any, like, any any loose bomba rolling around? I'm kind of looking to get a little bigger, you know? like. <laughs> he probably does. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, that was a great werewolf statue in the foyer, but like you know, like, <laughs> in the foyer. <laughs> oh come on, don't come after me for that. <laughs> I just think it's a funny word. <laughs> oh man, I'd, I'd ask him. I'd ask him how. You know what? I would genuinely ask him like how he feels about you know MMA going from Dothan, Alabama, like back rooms <laughs> to the the world stage. That's probably what I'd want to get. talks a- about that, so you. That would definitely be an exclusive. From yeah, uh, Alabama? Dothan, Alabama. Yeah, that was like one of the first UFC events he worked was in Dothan, Alabama. And I'm just like, go like, how does it feel going from there to, you know, Yas Island and all this shit? But so but I'd be there for, I'd be there for swag. I'd be there for like gift bags. <laughs> That's why I'd be there. <laughs> I would be there for swag. I'd be there for clout, Instagram clout. And, and potential swag bags and i, I i'm like he's everyone <laughs> takes a picture with the, the must throw like to take it home just go I'd, I'd go there with a wheelbarrow be like any shit you don't want and trying to get rid of just just let me have it i'll get it off your hand <laughs> i think danny's stuck on swag bags right <laughs> it's so hard right now that i just want to know like i want to know like, like i feel like there's a lot of shit <laughs> You, you don't want lying around. <laughs> yeah, he's like eccentric enough. I just like he's a swag barrel. 
the swag barrel. I'm bringing it, and um, you can just any kind of unique, eccentric bullshit you you're tired of. You can just put it in here. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, and you have a, a, a quartz. Oh, wait, what's this? What's this? A quartz crystal? You think lets you talk to God? All right, sweet. Just put it in there. All right. Here's a here's a like an older version of the werewolf statue. Just throw it in there. Uh, yeah. Just <laughs> yeah i just come home oh, and i furnish nice my, my new, i'll take that i fur, yeah i furnish my new apartment with a bunch of random <laughs> bullshit <laughs> ruins the flow like hey, do you have it how many swords do you have and can i have one <laughs> there's that sword but what about that sword all right <laughs> oh here's some grappling dummies these look good i'm just like i go there to shop i'm go i'm essentially just shopping this, this place <laughs> don't forget the werewolf kettlebells Exactly, the werewolf kettlebells, ape kettlebells, the Darth Vader kettlebells. I have 110 pounds of kettlebells just by the time I leave. <laughs> and then you, and then you sell them, upsell them. On I sell them on the black market. Joe Rogan sweat on this a million dollars? Question mark. <laughs> Joe Rogan unused DMT? Question mark. Uh, old Rogan pipe. <laughs> the old Rogan pipe. Uh, Joe Rogan's stained bong water sleeveless sweater question mark i go online i go online to like an auction i'm like guys you're not gonna believe it i man i was in his bedroom i got one of his socks 100 million dollars 100 million dollars million dollars i think some people would actually pay like 300 dollars for a joe rogan sock i think oh there is some sad bro that's actually never trained a day in his like there's a bro out there who's never trained a day in his life but is still like that joe rogan guy he has the money and the desire to buy one of his socks Million dollars. <laughs> jockstrap, ten billion dollars. Thank you very much. <laughs> All right, and oh then I'm God. never going on the show because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll show up with a wheelbarrow looking you're to steal watch a bunch. Of- you're gonna get gonna- you're you're gonna get in the studio, and Joe's gonna be like, "Hey, so I was watching an episode of the Open Guard Cast, and I heard you <laughs> say you're gonna steal all my stuff." <laughs> I'm there with the, the comical big sack of thieving that I've brought. And I'm like, no, what? It's got three X's on it. <laughs> it's just like got money signs. <laughs> like, why did you dress up like a like a robber? To yeah, my, you have the domino mask on. And I'm just like, what? This is just my vibe, man. Like, I didn't show up here not to steal. Full. Yeah, I'm just, I'm not here to take anything not nailed to the floor. What are you talking about? We got to... <laughs> podcast like, and then i go screwing my mic from its stand? I, dude hey look it's a it's a nice mic it's better than mine you don't need it you can you have 20 come on <laughs> and i love this podcast went so off the rails that uh <laughs> that we just yeah, we, we just went on a 25 minute tangent about stealing joe rogan's stuff <laughs> well it started you know it started have, do i have to i have to make an instagram bio for this post <laughs> and i now am inclined to put kevin bradley goes over his ideal situation in in which he would steal all of joe rogan's stuff now hang on jake this is that's misleading because this started where i just i assume there's come there's some like sweet swag bag like gift bag that's like an adult birthday party <laughs> gift like uh, here's your swag yeah. bag your party favors it's just like hey do i get like an ipad for being on this <laughs> you know how funny that'd be oh my god that'd be my dream would be to go on my my the, the real dream I have would be to go on with Chael Sonnen. Like he comes oh, on the show oh, again, that would be and I get to do my Chael impression. Yeah, we, and we, I we've had Chael with on. Kevin Bradley. <laughs> Kevin Bradley is a podcast. The podcasts are for the Jiu-Jitsu Times. 
and he wants to steal all your swag bags. <laughs> he wants all now, your swag bags. He, want them to, he wants them here. He wants to take them and sell them on the black market. $200 more. Now, <laughs> let's go, Kevin. Now, now, Jake, now, now, Danny, Jake, Wat, Jake Watson, he's, he's got a really good record going. He's got a really good record going, Danny, you know, and his performance <laughs> is incredible. I'm not saying, could I beat him? Maybe. Could I go <laughs> on the sub stage and submit him? Maybe. But you got to ask yourself, what are we doing here? I was talking, I was texting Daniel Cormier the other day. He's texting me right now, and he's saying, you know, Jake Watson, he's overrated. He's overrated, Danny. <laughs> That's really, really good. <laughs> Mine is like too comic y. Yours is real. Mine is too like, like caricature of Chael Sonnen. Yours is like actually Chael Sonnen. It's actually uncanny how much you sound like him one of the saddest moments in my life was when we we had raf esparza on the show and i thought i had like a funny chail like and i i would i would do it on the show because we were he was coming on to talk about sug and i did it and he got mad at me because he thought i was sandbagging because he he did his impression and then i did mine and he's like oh wow go fuck yourself uh, he's like, he has a good uh, me Oh, I, hello, I am George St. Pierre. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, like a, I'm not the performance. <laughs> Dude, I love GSP. I have oh a... Have I was you seen his a hair? Version of Nicolas Cage. Yeah, I've seen his freaking hair. He dyed it gray. Yeah. Did he dye it or is it just gray? It's not gray, dude. He dyed it gray. He's like, I, I, he's like 38. I know, but like, you know, the sport ages you. And, you know, some people weren't meant to have hair. He's one of them. He, GSP with hair just doesn't look right. Yeah, definitely. And he's got a receding hairline to where it almost looks like you put the hair on later. Like yeah. Or something. Like Brian Erlacher. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, it's – uh he's – He's he's one of the best. It's it's funny. Like we, we, I think there'll come a day when we'll forget with the names like you know Stylebender and Habib and all these guys. But like I feel like back in the in the bedrock of the sport, he deserves to be up there on Mount yeah. Rushmore. Yeah, hundred percent. I believe so too. You got any other so, impressions? Yeah. <laughs> I was just actually about to ask Jake to do his Nicolas Cage impression, but truly God go, God blessed slash cursed me with. Only being able to do Chael Sonnen, and that's really? it. <laughs> I can do Nick Cage, kind of, but it's bad. I've been working on it. No, let's hear it, though. You like, practice. So people told me, Nick, <laughs> you're doing this jiu-jitsu movie, and you're, like, famous for Ghost Rider and stealing the declaration. What are you going to do next? And I say, I'm Nick Cage. I'm not going to do anything else but my best. <laughs> <laughs> that's really stupid and dumb, but I'm working on it. The precursor damn to good. what can come. I named, I named my son Cal L. <laughs> yeah, see, that wasn't bad. What are you he, about? He's named after Batman. Superman. I had a castle. <laughs> I'm going to name him Batman because my favorite superhero Batman. <laughs> wow, it's, you said Superman. So I was like, oh, whatever, dude. Batman. It's funny. It's funny because like he legit is like he's got like a million dollar comic book collection too. He's got like Action Comics number one. He's got like first appearance Batman, Spider Man. Like he's got all the best comics. And some. I played his piano. 
actually. What a weird, what a we- <laughs> yeah, of all I, the I things at, in the I universe. At, I was I at Vince Neil's Tatuado in Las Vegas, and they own his piano. That that place owns a, the piano that Nicolas Cage owned. So I played his piano, and they like got mad at me. Because like, <laughs> oh, apparently there was a sign on it that said, don't yeah. play this piano. Yeah. You, only Nick Cage can play this piano. Don't. But then you could have done your impression and fooled Jake all of them. Jake played uh, my... <laughs> sing us a song. You're the piano man. <laughs> <laughs> are are you a billy joel fan i am a billy joel fan. oh man oh god it's Is that he's, bad? He's all bangers no 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 oh, all bangers dude all she's always bangers. a woman she's oh. always a woman i can play the whole thing on the piano she can kill with a smile she can wound with her eyes he's <laughs> a piece of shit he came on our show and he sandbagged the whole time he, he, he can sing he can do impressions he's funny <laughs> What is the setup, Danny? You trying to get this guy to replace me? I just end up as a bloody stain on the floor of my, <laughs> my apartment. I'm gonna um I'm gonna post a cover of She's Always a Woman and I'm gonna tag you, Kevin Bradley, and you better uh reply with you covering a song too. Otherwise, I'm never inviting you on my show again. I will. Yeah, man, this is why I regret minoring in theater in college. I went uh, journalism and theater, and I did the play. And there was no musicals. So I am very rusty when it comes to my singing. <laughs> but for you, Mr. Watson, I will cover one of the many amazing Billy Joel songs. What do oh, I cover, you're though? Like, you're what my you... home. You're my home. Oh, no, but I, I like Piano Man, though, too. So I might do that oh, one. Piano Man. Can you play the harmonica? I, as a kid, I dreamed of being able to. Never got it. Really there was this mu- there was this movie I saw when I was a kid. This is very specific, but this is a podcast has been completely rambunctious, so why not? There's this movie where a kid's dad turns into a snowman and he plays the harmonica, and that <laughs> movie made me want to learn the harmonica. And I got a harmonica, but then I realized it's the intricacies of this dumb little piece of metal are that so was the movie vast. Where I realized I wanted to be a snowman. Yeah, and that's the and that's. <laughs> I just start melting. <laughs> I've never been so inspired by Jack Frost. To, to just... Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. yeah. I will. I will pick a Billy Joel song to badly cover in response to Mr. Jake Watson. So how about this? How about you guys both post a Billy Joel cover song, and then right after that, we'll have you back on, and we'll we'll post a poll, and people will vote on them, and then we can discuss the results. Okay. Oh boy! All right. I'm game. <laughs> Let's do it. Danny, how long has it been? Kevin, it's been about an hour and 10 minutes. <laughs> this is a super fun podcast. We really, really appreciate you coming on. Um, yeah, I think that was by far the hardest I laughed. Had to wipe a bunch of... Dude, uh, Danny was like sorry. straight up going to die. I was, like, <laughs> yeah, I was going crazy. Danny was turns bad. about... So Danny's nickname is Tomach, and he turns that red when he, when he laughs, dude. <laughs> And I'm like, well, crap, poor Danny is going mean, to have a heart attack. Danny, you're, you're Irish, right? Yeah, I'm Irish. It's, it's both of us. It's, yeah, we, we, yeah. All, we are a folk of red-faced people that, <laughs> that bury our emotions and, well, and, just red, and red run Red in the away. face and drinking warm beer, yeah. Oh, hey. All right, hey. No green face, Mr. Watson. Right. Right, that right. is not cool. <laughs> uh, Kevin, um, thanks again for coming on. We really, really appreciate your time. Your podcast is awesome. It's one of our favorites that we listen to. All the, I listen to it every single new episode, so we really appreciate all the work that you do with it. Is there anything else you wanted to talk about before we let you go? Um, I 
Well, first, uh, guys, thank you so much. You know, like it's uh, your show. Uh, similarly, I don't miss an episode. Kev G's definitely listened to a few. We both think you guys are amazing. And it's uh, it's great to see that media in the sport is growing, you know, because media yeah. is a big part of the growth of, of a niche sport like this. And I think that, you know, the, the stuff that you guys are doing is going to play a big part in how big the sport grows beyond us, like uh, way, way beyond, like when we're all gone, like when jujitsu is a lot bigger. I, I just like, it, it's, it's important to know that, that the stuff being done now is, is really big, you know, and you guys are absolutely killing it. So keep doing it. Um, and uh, if for the love of God, never have me on again, cause we'll get on a even weirder <laughs> tangent about me breaking and entering into, I don't know, boss Rutan's house and stealing all of his pride medals. Uh, <laughs> all his old O2 trainers. All of I'll steal one of those like big boss like robots that you can punch in different ways and like Bob. Now I want one. Uh, real quick, if if you just allow me a few seconds, a, a few people yeah. want to thank um, Kevin Gallagher, my podcast husband. Uh, sorry you couldn't be here today. He was just commentating on a fight, the most recent fight to win. So if you hear nice. dulcet yeah, familiar tones on that episode, that's my hubby right there. Go show him some love. He'd be great. Um, uh, shout out to the sponsors of our show. No judges needed. They do a lot of uh, really great work in the community. They sponsor a ton of great fighters, and they have a lot of really uh, ethically sourced good jujitsu gear. So if any of you guys out there are in the market for new swag, the the name is on my name now. Um, use the code JJT for twenty percent off. Let them know we sent you. But yeah, they have and swag just, bags. Yes, yeah, so yeah, they do. Just going. <laughs> just you gotta ask for them. Um, but yeah, th thank you guys so much for having me on. This is an absolute pleasure. It's weird being a guest. I'm used to like shutting up and letting a guest talk. So I kind of felt like I rambled a little bit, but really appreciate the time you guys. And uh, both of awesome. you are, we, we need to have both of you on an episode of the Jiu-Jitsu Times podcast in the near future, should schedules allow. Let's do it. <clears throat> I'm totally down. 100%. And uh, <clears throat> I guess it's about my time to do my... Uh, my my Sorry. election performance, um, <laughs> ladies, gentlemen, everyone in between. If there is uh, whatever election performance, <laughs> you use that, and you use that to get thick. It won't matter if you're a guy or a girl. You'll still be able to rip a man's spine clean in half <laughs> with the grip strength training, the squatting, the benching, the shoulder pressing. <laughs> You will be able to rip a phone book in half and then beat someone to death with both halves. <laughs> because electric performance is the strength way to fix your life, to fix your relationships. You will power clean your relationship back together. That was Sonny's instruction and open Godcast 25, our discount code. Use it. Abuse it. Don't lose it. Do you mind yeah. if I tack on a little, a little bit of, of my own spice onto that? No, oh, certainly. There are many abilities of electrum performance <laughs> capable. Some would consider to be unnatural. <laughs> the dark side. Sorry, I was going for the, the force away. <laughs> electrum performance is a pathway to many abilities. <laughs> Master. <laughs> All right. We, we're going to get another Star Wars tangent. Uh, oh, thank man. you, Botacop BJJ, Marcio Andre Academy, Chill Fit Cryo, High Tier Photography, Logo to Life, uh, Break New Ground, <clears throat> Agro Brand, uh, Danny O'Donnell, the Irish singer, uh, for being the namesake of Danny O'Donnell, 
the Irish podcast host. Uh, Kevin Bradley, we love you and we love everything you do. We're very appreciative of you coming on. This was one of my favorite episodes we've ever done. It was so funny. And it was so fun. Um, to everybody that came up to meet American Nationals, thank you so much. I want to dedicate uh, that victory to the family of Taisha Jones, who's my best friend, who uh, passed away recently. Uh, such an amazing, beautiful spirit. Her family is incredible. The GoFundMe is still in my Instagram bio, but I dedicate the win at American Nationals and um, you know whatever comes of that to uh, to her and her family because they mean they mean a lot to me and always be there for them. So, with that being said, Danny, if you have nothing else to to, to talk about, then uh, you know we're ready to give this show a little kaboot in the kabizzle. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Thanks everyone for listening. Congrats again to Jake on winning American Nationals. It was a huge huge win for him. Thanks to Kevin for coming on. Follow him on Instagram. Listen to the Jiu Jitsu Times podcast. Read all of his articles, and this was episode 62 of the Open Guard Cast, and we will see you guys soon.